You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. You are in for a treat today because I have Tim Hughes with me back on the podcast. Tim has just released the second edition of Social Selling Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers. Full disclosure, he did ask me to contribute to a little bit, very, very little bit of this book, but he is certainly the person to listen to when it comes to social selling, digital transformation of teams using social media, and ultimately digital dominance online. Welcome back to Digital Transformation Success, Tim. Hi, Priscilla. It's great to talk to you and, and discuss things. You know, well, we, we always have a great chat and it's always exciting and that's so. Well, exciting. Let's just start on that note <laughs> because in my mail, I got an advanced copy of Social Selling Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers. This is the second edition and I'm going to tell you right now, I remember where I was reading the first edition. I was on the tube in London reading it and just going, what? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, this guy's right. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> and I got a chance to meet you. And obviously, it's just been such an amazing connection ever since. And you helped me kick off the start of this podcast, Digital Transformation Success. And that really is because I couldn't think of anybody else who in this social realm has really mastered the success. So I wanted to have you back. And I'm going to give you just so much leeway to talk about why this second edition, what is so important, and we're going to talk about what businesses today, right now, need to know and what they need to stop doing and what they immediately need to start doing in order to realize that digital transformation success that seems for so many to be elusive. But before we go there, and just thank you for the time, I want to give you a chance to talk about DLA, Digital Leadership Associates, what you do there, and then let's dive into the book. Okay, thanks, Priscilla. In terms of what we do, put simplistically, is we transform companies to use digital and social. People have made this mistake that they think the digital transformation is somehow an IT thing. It's not. It's about the people and the process. And what we do is that we we help people transform to using digital and social. The classic thing is I've written a book, well, I've written two books on social selling, and that's how you transform your sales team. But you, it's far wider than that and far broader than that. And a lot of people think that social is about fluff and, and they can't really 
grasp this. I know that when the first book came out, someone, a CEO said to me, it's the first book they've read where they saw that there was a direct connection between social media and revenue. And we're all about not fluff. We're all about how can your business get more leads and meetings, more conversations and more revenue? You know, we talk about growth strategies. We talk about how you can basically get market share, how you can get competitive advantage. These are all the things that we talk about. And once you do it in sales, you can roll it out across the business. So this is about how you can become the employer of choice. So we have a client, for example, in Cambridge in the UK, who no longer places adverts for jobs and no longer uses recruitment consultants. Because of their position on social, what's happening is that the people that want to come and w- work for them is walk- are walking towards them. The prospects are walking towards them. And we'll pick up in more of that and examples of that. But this is a fundamental change in the way that we do business. I mention it now. Chris Fleming, you can look up Chris on LinkedIn. He works, he's a CEO of Cyberhawk. He's been doing this for two years. He's a contributor to the book. So if you're not doing this, you're already two years behind. That is so true. This this is not some (laughs) sort of future state or some future fluffy thing. These are people, CEOs and business people that are driving business, driving, getting meetings, getting meetings in companies they never thought of. We've got a client that has a three, let's do the conversion. They have a $400 million company. They're still going through the training. They have just put a half a billion dollar deal in their pipeline through social selling. There's your connection. If you were curious, (laughs) I want to come unpack that thing you said, though, about this isn't the future. This is the now. And in fact, it really is the past because I don't know if you remember, I was in 2020. I was with your colleague, Adam Gray, another amazing author on this subject. And he and I were speaking at Amsterdam at a conference. And I had literally just finished saying, listen, guys, this is not the future. This is not, oh, the new wow thing that just happened in business. This is the past. And your competitors are already online. They've figured this out. They're doing digital work and making more meetings, leveraging things quicker and more humanly. (laughs) It's a very humanized and humanizing process. They're really making, building significant relationships while you're still waiting for a conference or an automatic email to do the work for you. And you just haven't been advised that somebody else is eating your lunch. And I got down off that stage And Adam and I were hanging out and someone came up and talked to us and they mentioned the word COVID for the first time that I had ever heard it. And our world, of course, changed, but this has been going on way before. So before we dive into it a little bit, I just want to tell people why they need to be listening to you, Tim Hughes, on this subject. Because this year, Brand24 listed you as the 16th most influential marketer in the world. In the world, yeah. That's not a mate's list or a list of affiliate marketers, which is quite often what comes out. This is based on actual influence. Brand24 is an influence measuring tool, and it's based on actual influence, yeah. Well, and you've also been listed in the top 10 for LinkedIn. You've been listed in so many lists, but I brought that Brand24 out because we use that as a third-party genuine account of what's going on what hashtags are being used, who is actually leveraging significant relationships and conversations, who's who's really leading the way in thought leadership. So definitely you need to be listening to this man. He's written some other books too, but let's dive into this actual book. And let me start with the biggest problem that I hear out there all the time. We have some people who get interested 
and they they hear you and they think, yeah, this is, for lack of a better way, let's just go with the Mandalorian. This is the way. I know that this is what needs to be done in business. But then they encounter opposition within yep. their company. And this yes. is just constant, whether it is that their managing director just doesn't even have a LinkedIn account, or it's just completely checked out of professional advancement. But one of the critical things you and I talk about a lot is how people can go about getting their executive teams really involved from the beginning and really understand why it is so important to the stakeholders that everybody in, on the team get digitally transformed. So what do you what do you talk about that when people are really trying to get the C-suite involved in something that they know is the right way forward? I think, well, for the first and foremost, this is about a digital transformation. It's a human-centric digital transformation. And I think that what we often see is that senior leaders don't get social media. It's seen as fluff. What happens is that what they see is that they're putting in resources to it and there's no output. And that's really because they're doing it wrong. They're measuring the wrong things. They're doing the wrong thing. And so what we're, we have to change that. But the only way that you're going to get change in an organization is to start at the top and come down. Now, yes, we can build a groundswell of people saying we need to be doing this and that can, that can go bottom up. But ultimately for you to get the benefit from it is you need to have the top down. So if you take Cyberhawk, for example, the whole of the C-suite are on social media. They're all active on social media. You've got the, the CRO, the CMO, which you'd expect, the CEO, but you also have the CIO and the CFO on social media. And the reason for that is that each person has a different, a different role. The CFO is looking for funding and is building connections with, with people around funding. The CIO is building connections with people and saying, what systems do you use and why do you use them and stuff like that? So each person has their different role, but they're still making connections in all the different companies. And where people get success is where we've got this top-down approach. There's a clear strategy. We do a strategy session for people where we build out that strategy. And then that filters down into the different departments. The first one where we would generally start a pilot would be the sales team because it's just easy to measure. We can say one company that's got the half a billion dollar deal, they signed something within three or four weeks at McDonald's and they've gone on and signed. They've now taken half a million dollars out of McDonald's. And they've only just gone through the training process. So it's easy to go back to them and say, look, you know, here's social media and you paid us X, we've just taken half a million dollars out of McDonald's. Can you not see the ROI? Mm -hmm. If you want more of this ROI with any sales or marketing, there needs to be, if, if you give me a dollar, I'm going to give you 10, 20, 30, or whatever the ROI back, because that's what it should be. Right. I'll do that every day. So what yeah. you're clearly saying is while people might get interested because social selling seems to be the most obvious place to start and the most easily mentally connected to revenue, it really does need to start with strategy and it needs to include the C-suite so they know where this is going overall. Yeah, we know that the other types of demand gen just aren't working anymore. The results that people are getting and that's not my opinion. That's the data saying that. And if anyone wants to come to me, I can share with them the data, you know, from HubSpot and people like that. 
And so, yes, so, and there's a lot of talk about there about social selling, but I've just had someone write to me basically saying that they've been out and looked at the social selling market and they're saying that right now all they can see is get rich quick schemes. Right, right. And all these crazy tips and tricks. And you know, this I is can how make, you break the algorithm. And- <laughs> I can make you a millionaire and I can right, put 49.99 yeah. or how, how to break, <laughs> you know, if you stand on one leg on a Tuesday and have a pigeon on your shoulder, your thing will go viral. And, and you know, this is not about about viral this is about generating money for people this is about revenue and profit and it's fundamentally different from a get rich quick 49.99 dollar scheme yeah a hundred percent there has to be a major mindset shift there has to be a commitment to the actual to the entire process and there has to be a commitment to everybody on the team that's something i hear from you a lot and obviously i'm on the other side of the digital marketer and people are putting all this weight on digital marketing that it cannot sustain i kind of refer to it as the rise of the human if you're entire system is not predicated on the rise of the human and that that connection and really training your people how to make that and how to leverage digital to make that quicker and more efficient then your company's not going to be going anywhere so, so we have a we have an email marketing company as a customer their email marketing tool doesn't generate any pipeline for them they get by because their product doesn't generate any so they're actually turned to social selling uh-huh. sell an email marketing tool. Now, I'm a Brit and I love a bit of irony. Right. <laughs> um, and that is very ironic. I thought you were going to tell me I am a lumberjack. <laughs> and we were going to go from there, but that's okay. <laughs> no, this is, and what we're seeing is that even people, if you're doing the right thing, you know, I met a guy at the weekend. I was in, in Aberdeen. One of my team was doing a TEDx talk and someone said, They'd actually read the first book and they were implementing it. He buys and sells airplanes, private jets. And he said that he was actually implementing what was in the book and getting results. And and as with all these things, it's about starting somewhere and then proving it out. There's a lot of vested interest. You know, billions of dollars are spent every year on justifying 1990 sales and marketing techniques because there's lots and lots of gurus out there that don't want to change, that don't want to change their materials. They built them back in the 1990s. Why would they want to change them? It's highly profitable training people on stuff that just is old fashioned. Yeah. One thing I get a lot, I'm sure you get it a lot too, is this idea of, well, can you just come in and do a quick day? Like just give everybody a, 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 you just a couple of tips so that they can act on it now. And I'm like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, I won't do that. <laughs> no, I, I did a podcast this morning and we got talking about SEO for some reason or other. And I had a couple of people saying, can you tell me again what was about SEO? And I said, well, I can do, but it's a bit like saying, I want to drive from Joplin to to New York, but I'm just going to buy the windscreen wipers. Because <laughs> you, know, you actually need the, you need the strategy. You need the whole car. You need the wheels. You need the the steering wheel. You need all of those things. I just just having a hint and a little tip that will be, be telling you how to use LinkedIn from an SEO perspective isn't going to generate suddenly start generating meetings and revenue for you. You need to have a holistic approach to it. 
Okay. So let's talk about a holistic approach and let's also talk about the benefit of people actually getting an external trainer and coach to really bring the team through this, because this is one of the other things I get asked a lot right after, can't you just give us like a 20 minute or a 60 minute (laughs) and solve all of our problems with it? Number one, no. And number two, it's just like, well, we have this one guy, he's really good at it. So we'll just have him just kind of train the whole team on it. Or we'll, we'll put one person through a DLA Ignite social influence course, and then he can come back and tell everybody how, what to do. So Tell me why you have seen over and over again that these types of ideas do not work and why you need an external third party to actually train your team. You need to have a third party external person because they can see things and say things that internal people can't. Quite often, there will be a politics or a power play going on and there will be certain things that can't be said. And it's useful when you're going through some level of transformation to have an adult in the room to actually say, you can do this or you can't do that. What we're asking people here to do is is to make a change in what they do. And it's very easy for people, especially internally, to fold their arms and say, I'm not doing it. Whereas having a third party, we can use coaching techniques to actually get the person to to change. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that it's actually a team sport. For you to get the results you want, you need to be making sure that you're creating content. Now, the content needs to be authentic. Placing that responsibility on one single person seems to be a massive responsibility for me that the success of this is going to be based on that one person. So if I get up today and I think, I can't really bother to create any content, it's just one of those days. The business, if you're not, by the way, if you're not creating content and posting it, then you're invisible. If we decide not to put out any content, you've only got one person to create it. That person basically doesn't create anything. You're invisible as a business. Therefore, you're not getting any benefit from that. Whereas if you've got a team of people, what you're going to get is the cross-fertilization of different content because people have different voices, which is really, really great. And you've also got the ability that if one person doesn't create it, somebody else does. But we've seen this you know, we've been in business, this is our seventh year, and we've seen this where you have like, oh, we're going to have one person and then they're going to go back. What we're going to try and do is we're going to nickel and dime and nickel and dime it. And and what we're going to do is send someone back and they're going to train it. It never works. Right, right. Before we get too far, let's talk about this show's sponsor. Uncovering insights in the agricultural industry can seem like looking for a needle in a haystack. Luckily, Ag Access has your back. From recruitment and survey design to planning and execution of custom full-service market research projects, you can count on Ag Access to deliver expertise and meaningful outcomes. Their 400,000-plus member community covers the breadth of the agriculture chain, including technology, ag sales, crop growers, livestock producers, feed supply, and more. With a full-time engagement center, research logistics team, and 400,000-member strong insights community, Ag Access is an irreplaceable bridge between researchers and professionals in the agriculture industry. Visit ag-access.com to learn more. I find that the person who oftentimes is the best at it already, like someone who is really kind of seen as the leader of social influence in their company, if company has one, they often 
a little bit unaware of what it is that they're doing so intuitively well. And yes. they may be doing it correctly, but that doesn't mean that they're good at teaching someone else how to do it. They can't yeah. seem to break it down and impart like that, that intuitive thinking that they have. Yeah, there's two things, really. There's one is an understanding of, so well, there's, there's three things. One is an understanding of social media. The second is a business acumen. And the third is an understanding of some basic psychology. So quite often what we get is people saying, what we've done is that we've we've employed a 27-year-old. And I'm not having a go at 27-year-olds. We've employed a 27-year-old because they're a digital native. And quite often, they don't actually have the business acumen or understanding of some of the, they, they may understand social media, but they don't understand some of the, the drivers or understand some basic psychology that would actually be needed. And the best way that we would suggest is that you look at these people's online profiles. Because I've seen people take on and say, this is the person we're going to recruit. And you go, yeah, but that person hasn't posted anything in six months. They've only got 250 connections, so they don't understand networking. And it's like, well, they came and they came for the interview. And it's like, okay, well, in 18 months, when you work out this isn't working, you're going to be 18 months behind the competition. As long as you're aware of that, then that's fine. And of course, you're going to need to, you've invested in their salary and stuff like that. So that has a a major impact. Right. And I do find too, that it's not just about giving this training. It's like this idea is like, there's a one-time training going on. (laughs) There's so much ongoing coaching. And so tell everybody a little bit about your experience with that. What is changing so rapidly out on social and really how business people are needing to pivot strictly because they're listening to conversations and kind of reacting to people and not just going out and broadcasting, but why does it need to always be encouraged and always coached? Yeah, the the mistake that people often make and have been making with social probably for the last 10 years is is that it's seen as a, in effect, that it's a bullhorn. So if you take marketing, advertising, cold calling, email marketing, it's interruption. So I interrupt you and I pitch. And what they don't recognize is that actually social media is social media. It's being social on a media. And therefore, what they expect is they come to social media and post. So classic employee advocacy, which is we take marketing gives me brochures and we give those brochures out to the employees and they post them out on social media. It will generate nothing at all because the posting isn't the point. The conversation is the point. Everything that we sell in B2B requires us to have a conversation. And and what social media allows us to do is to create that conversation. Once we have that conversation, conversations create sales. But just posting something and walking away and somehow hoping that that's going to generate something isn't something that's actually going to turn into something in in terms of the business. Okay, well, Uh, let's dive into this book, actually, because I got to tell you, everybody should be jealous of me right now because social selling techniques to influence buyers and change makers is out and I have an advanced copy, but you can go out and order yours here in the US on Amazon. Now you can get it in the UK already, but I, I have my hands on a great copy, but it will be yours very soon. And I promise by the time you listen to this, go out on Amazon and do your pre-order. It will be out on the 29th 
29th of November, so you won't have to wait very long. But it is a comprehensive system. And, and Tim, I got to say, when I got this in the mail, I was a little bit surprised because it was really heavy. And I remember the first copy being significantly smaller, and I just ate it up. <laughs> and, and this one is so much more dense, and it has so many more examples, and it has a lot of people feeding into it and giving real-world examples. Like, this is how it works, people. So tell me why you decided to make a second edition. Obviously, well, you had a lot to add. <laughs> well, yeah. I originally wrote it in 2015. It came out in 2016. And the world was kind of different then. And my experience was different. It, it was very much a, the experience was one of, we hadn't actually implemented any clients. Here we are six years later, and we've been running it and testing it, and, and we know what works and what doesn't work. So, and there's a number of things that have kind of fallen by the wayside. So we decided to do the second edition. Last Christmas, I went away for two weeks and, and rewrote it pretty much, and then got various people there's 15 contributors so you're one i've got contributors from telstra ring central namus consulting which is a hundred person oracle consulting company cyberhawk ericsson i've got i've got a headhunter to write what it takes to have a social profile to be found for a job and it's all people that are using social media now practically so this is not some future state it's what's being done right now and chris fleming at cyberhawk who's the ceo there is writing about how, why they became a digital business two years ago and i wanted to capture that what i've tried to do is is expand it right out and bring it up to date so the new book is 306 pages the first edition the old one is 187 pages mm -hmm. so it gives you some idea of the additional writing that's gone into it Right. Okay. Well, let's kind of take a reprieve from this idea of what really has changed in the world. I do think that usually we get a lot of people nodding and they agree that this is happening, but they don't know what to do next. So let's just say the audience is listening and they're thinking, but I want digital transformation success. What kinds of things do they need to ask themselves and what kinds of things do they need to advance at their company? I think that they, there has to be a conversation at board level about social and digital and about the measures that they would expect to have as in terms of more pipeline and, and more revenue. That discussion has to be probably bottom up, bottom up if there isn't somebody at a, a C level. And then really it's about maybe finding some budget to run a pilot with the sales team to say, okay, what we'll do is We'll prove to you, give us a, a cohort of 10. And what we'll do is we'll take them and, and transform them and, and measure that and show you the, the change that can take place. And we would usually measure that in terms of some things in terms of growth and network, but also, you know, we would be measuring it in terms of meetings and then ultimately revenue that you get from that. So what kind of like prompt could you give them to really start a better conversation internally i think the conversation has to be around looking at what they're doing at the moment and they will always we come across vested interest all the time about keeping things the same there's a lot of people in marketing who seem to have a toolbox which they reach for and they get the same thing out what we've seen is big changes you know we run a, we have a a presentation that we give where we show leadership teams and sales teams what actually can be you know the art of the possible 
and we show them um, the data, not our opinion, and we show them what our clients are doing and changes that they're taking place and the value that they're they're getting from the program. And usually the response that we always get from leadership teams is, I'm trying to think of uh, words where I'm not swearing. Um, usually, <laughs> you can swear on this podcast. It's usually okay. they go, oh, shit, or something <laughs> like that, because they go, they're just this view is that social media is some sort of fluffy thing that marketing looks at and they put it in a cupboard and they bring it out or marketing says, sends an email around and says, can you like this? And no one gets anything from it. And what they actually see is here's someone that's posted something. They got 184 leads off that. They got six C-level meetings, two proposals and one purchase order from one post on social media. And then an understanding of the, of how to actually exploit that behind that. That's the difference between people thinking that social media is this some sort of fluffy thing that generates nothing to actually understanding this is good. This is your engine for growth for the next five to 10 years. This is what you need to grab hold of, understand, and this is where you're going to be, your business is going to be around for the next five to 10 years because you've actually understood this and taken this forward. This brings me back to my thought about the actual disclosed motto from LinkedIn that is they are to bring talent to opportunity at scale. And I think that people agree and they understand that, oh, LinkedIn is a great meeting place. I'm going to, this is the talent and this is the opportunity. We're coming together. But they often miss that at scale piece. And that's what you're alluding to is that when you say we want to exploit that, that's the best use of the word. We want to leverage this. We want to say, if we do know how to really serve an ideal client, we know what is really of value and we know what is helpful, overtly helpful to the person we serve the best then why can't we put that in a very human way? And why can't we do it over and over and over again without ever leaving our office? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We're all exhausted with this constant stream of spam, whether it's in my inbox, whether it's on social media, and we're all exhausted by it. And then we think that what we're going to do is we'll go out and buy a tool that will generate more of it. Because what we want to do is, we're going to cut some corn. Somehow or other, we feel that we need to cut some corners and that's going to generate business for us. It's not. We know in our hearts what we want. We want human connection. We want things to be social. We want conversations because that's who we are as, as human beings and have been since we were on the Serengeti. And this mistake that somehow or other that we're going to cut some corners and this is going to drive growth for the business, it ain't going to work. That's again, coming back to people who want tactics instead of real strategy. And they want an immediate one little thing to do as opposed to a commitment to consistent action. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is all about if you want to grow as a business, if you want to make sure that you've got that commitment to go forward and drive growth, you need a strategy to do that. And the only strategy that you're going to get is digital. Mm. So if you are wanting to understand and reach and engage with that modern buyer. And I I know a lot of times we use that word modern buyer. It's humans today, how people are acting. We know we've changed. We've changed the way we do work. We changed the way we- It's not just the modern buyer anymore. It's the modern job hunter. It's the modern investor. We all know that if we want something, we pick up a mobile phone and we search for it. 
Now, we can be searching for that on a search engine like Google, or we can be searching for that on something like social media. And we see from the data that people are using both, partly because they get different answers. But the point being is that if you're not actually out there and you're not doing this, you're going to lose you losing business. So let's take Namos Consulting, which is a small 100 person Oracle reseller. We train them in being in social selling. Within two weeks, they had someone walk towards them on social media. Now, the way it works at the moment is the buyer thinks the salesperson is, I don't believe you. I don't want to talk to you. You're basically going to lie to me and you're going to try and sell me something I don't want. So they run away. This is transformation. This is this is a buyer walking towards a salesperson and say, you look interesting. I think you can help me. Mm-hmm. Then there was a classic conversation between buyer and seller that turned into a $2.6 million deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they then taken another half a million dollars out of it. Now, there are people doing serious business using social. And if you're not, you're leaving money on the table. You're allowing your competition to take money off you. IDC and SAP say that 60% of buyers use social media for during the, the buying process. So if you're not social, you've lost 60% of the market just by that. Well, and I'll just come back to one thing you said earlier, which I like to phrase it this way, unseen is unsold. If they can't find you yeah. on the internet, and I mean, not from them, having to go scour the internet and find you. I mean, if you don't actually come up organically as leading conversations and being an obvious brand or thought leader, you're not seen. And if you're not seen yes, in you're the world, you're never going to sell and there's a, anything. And, and, remember, and remember, you know, we are, as the modern buyer, as we are, we are very good at searching for stuff. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we know that search on Google actually doesn't give us the answer we want, much as Google is really good. Now, what I would suggest, you know, everybody here who listens to this, go to Google and search for what is the best CRM in the world? You won't get an answer. You'll get thousands, literally, of suppliers buying that search. You'll get thousands of suppliers saying, buy my product because it's great. You won't actually get the answer. If you search for what's the capital of Germany, you will do. But when we're actually looking to actually buy, it's different. We go to social media, it's different. It's about discovery. What you'll get is actually someone will say, I've used Salesforce and it's really good. Or I've used, you know, so you're actually starting to get a feeling for that. But you also get discovery. So this is where, think about, I'm walking down Joplin High Street and I'm not actually in buying mode. And I come across something and I go, donuts, a donut shop. Do you know, I haven't had a donut for a long time. I'm going to go and buy one. Now, that's the difference between search and discovery. And what you're finding on social media is that people are doing discovery. This person who was searching was searching for something. They weren't searching for Namos or that salesperson, but they found them because they were active. They look interesting. They look like they can solve a problem rather than I'm going to sell you some rubbish and then drive away. What we have is someone that I can deal with from a business perspective, and then they're placing orders with them. And this is 
This is fundamentally different. Now, yes, we can use social selling to actually prospect and do proactive and go proactively. I just want to make sure that. But from a, a reactive and an inbound perspective, social is critical and visibility on social is critical to pick up the searches by the modern bar the modern job hunter, the modern the modern investor. All of those people can be searching for things. The modern job hunter, this is where you stop using recruitment consultants and recruitment ads, strip that cost out of your business because people are actually seeing you online and go, that company has got an amazing ESG policy. That company has got great diversity policy, great STEM policy. I want to work there. Hmm. And that's what the the modern job hunter is doing. That's where you're positioning yourself as a digital business where people want to come and buy from you. They want to come and work for you. They want to come invest in the business. This is the transformation that companies like Cyberhawk have already invested in. We call this digital dominance. Digital dominance is what you're doing is that you take the processes and and the skills that you've implemented in in the sales team and roll that out across the business, human resources, procurement. And people are going to be posting and building networks, complex networks that you're going to have as a business. This is the way that you have, you work in the digital world. And what you're doing with digital dominance is you're basically pushing out the whole of the competition who is still working and believing that somehow the physical world is where you're going to do business. This is where you own the narrative. You push everything out. Cyberhawk have already done this. There is only one drones company in digital, and that's Cyberhawk. Mm -hmm. And they have got into companies that that they had a dream list, and they've got into all of those. And that's this is a way you as a business can change the game completely. You don't have to be a big business to do this. This is what I love a, a David and Goliath story. And this is a way that small businesses can basically take on a big business and win. This is what I love in the quote from Guy Kawasaki. He said that social media is God's gift to entrepreneurs. This idea yes. that now you don't have to like go to Madison Avenue and, oh, I hope they'll help me and make an ad. <laughs> you know, you just go directly to the consumer. You prove your worth yeah. and you show up and you start creating digital communities that matter. You start conversations that matter and you start taking the steps that maybe companies, maybe it starts with an interest in social selling because that makes the most sense and most connection. Then it starts a digital transformation with everybody, but it can end in this digital dominance online where people literally walk up to you and say, I don't really know what you do but i want to work with you yeah yeah so we also working with a number of organizations where we're talking to them and saying to them who is the leading technical and commercial digital influencer in your market or vertical now if you think about the us for example when the us and you broke away from the the colonies that there was people on the eastern side of the country and a whole bunch of people said i'm gonna go west And what they said is that I'm going to stake out a piece of land and I'm going to put a flag in it and that's going to be mine. And what we have right now is this opportunity in the world of digital. Now, digital is accessed through social media. It's a conduit that gets you there. And what we're able to do, regardless of the size of the company, you can go there and say, for example, maybe you sell payroll systems or something. You can say and and stake, put a stake in the ground and say, We own the narrative about payroll. And then what you can do is you can run podcasts like this, LinkedIn Lives, 
anything that you want, the content you create, you will be the person that's actually owning that, the narrative in that market. And everybody else then has to dance to your tune. We're already seeing that in the, the energy market in the UK, where there's a, an organization called OGV. So that's Oscar Golf Victor Energy in Aberdeen. And they're actually running a, a podcast. They get over 200 people attending it. The energy market's not particularly big, but 200 people is a lot of people. And what they're doing is that they're defining that marketplace and their competition don't know what to do. Their competition is running around terrified because they don't understand the digital and they see what OGV has done. Now, it costs nothing to run a LinkedIn Live. We're running Zoom. It's what, $10 a month or something. There's no cost here. This is, as you said, with that great guy Kawasaki quote, you do not have to be a big business. You can take on these big companies and own the space. And this is the opportunity right now. I love it. And this is your opportunity. I mean, you can go out and keep dreaming of, oh, one day I'm going to get on social and I'm going to make it work. And, oh, I'll wait until the marketing department comes and tells me it's okay to do this. Or I'll wait until this becomes an initiative from on high. (laughs) So this is your opportunity to walk past that. And if you are looking for a practical guide to creating these meaningful digital communities and building and turning these relationships into sales, generating revenue online and building your social influence, this is your chance. So go out and and get your copy because I'm not sharing mine. Social <laughs> selling <laughs> techniques to influence buyers and change makers by Timothy Hughes. We did not have time to talk about change makers, and I'm going to have you on again because I think that's such a critical role about what happens in social selling and social influence. But Tim, thank you so much for coming on, thank giving you. us so graciously of your time and this expertise. So please make sure you follow Tim on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Of course, they'll, it'll be in our show notes, but he's so approachable. So ask him a solid question. He's always out on LinkedIn. Trust me. <laughs> I am, yes. Uh, Priscilla, it's been wonderful. I, talking to you, I'm so pleased that you were able to contribute to the book. I wanted to get people that, that know their stuff I really think that this book, having these contributors like yourself really brings it to life. I want to thank you. And thank you for having me on your show. Always. You are always welcome here. If you ever want to come on and talk about anything or any rant, I would be willing to have you as well. Thank you. If you you have other questions that you'd like to hear about on digital transformation success, please connect with us. And as always, take the opportunity to do the very next thing for your very best success. If you like this content, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you downloaded this podcast. It's how people find our show. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.